You're listening to Codecast Zambia, brought to you by Agora Code. We are growing the community of developers across Zambia, one line of code at a time. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora. Hi, this is Tony. I'm an Android developer, an IT specialist in the education sector, and you're listening to Codecast. Okay, welcome to episode 10 of Codecast. This is your host. This is your host, <laughs> And this is your host, Elias, Isaac Piri. Welcome to episode 10 of Codecast. Um, we're back again. Back again? No. We're not doing this, Elias, not today. We just did. Okay, we have a guest, and we're going to behave ourselves. Um, we'll let him introduce himself. Uh, Cynthia and Wesley are not here today, but we hope they'll be here next week, right? So, Tony. Hey, everyone. Hey. hey. <laughs> you know the intro that you just did? Do you, do you ever see Five Things by Microsoft? No. They do this thing where it's like, hi, I'm John Papa. And I'm Amy Knight, and then like Amy Knight's doing John Papa's intro, and John Papa's doing like Amy Knight's intro. <laughs> it's like uh, the exact same thing. <laughs> and we were about to patent it. No, you were. <laughs> wow. <No. laughs> there goes our brilliant idea, lass. <laughs> but hey, everyone, I'm Tony, um, Android developer, um, IT specialist in the education sector, and uh, all around Microsoft enthusiast, Python enthusiast. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys want to know something interesting? This guy is wearing a Microsoft <laughs> T-shirt, um, using a MacBook, and yep. has, an, and has iPhone. an iPhone. It's sad. Oxymoron. Like in walking his, in his defense, even if he was a Microsoft enthusiast, he wasn't going to be using a Windows phone. I just have to say that. Yeah. True, though. Because no, but he did use a Windows phone religiously for a while, though. And, and had, like, a serious craving for a Surface. No, uh, but, like, for real. I, I feel like if, if we did the whole, like, sur- like Surface and, and a Microsoft phone... That might be interesting. I think someone should do that and like just go against someone with this, with a MacBook and an iPhone and see what the sync is like and like the ecosystem feel is like, you know, it will be interesting. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to talking about ecosystems. So if you're interested in knowing what an ecosystem is or um, what Tony is talking about, uh, listen to episode two of Codecast. We talk about ecosystem lock-ins. Yep. We make a good case for why you shouldn't join the Apple ecosystem. Or why you should. Mostly where you should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to point out that today Mukoma um, is on the defensive because he's the only Android user in the house. Yep. In the house, yeah. representing. Only. I got all of you guys. Like, I'm going to represent you well. Getting straight into it, uh, news section. So, like, there's been a lot of interesting stuff that's happened. Um, uh, Samsung went on their thing where they released a bunch of devices that are too expensive for everybody. And Huawei will come make something cheaper with maybe even better performance and functionality. And Android will release, like, a whole bunch of, like, lower-spec versions that are too cheap (laughs) and really can't do what the high-end versions can do. And it's just, like, so sad. With better cameras than iPhones, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> the saturation on Samsung cameras is, like, just terrible, but... And the um, low-light environments. Yeah. Very but, sad. but I'll give them this. Samsung's uh, aesthetic design, they're, like, uh, the design of their phones mm-hmm. is just, like... Now, this is, like, a debate, right? Yeah. So, first of all, uh, they, they, like, unveiled, or, like, yeah, they, they revealed, like, five versions of the S10. So there's the S10, mm-hmm. there's the S10 Plus, 
these I think are like straight uh, from last year's models. Yeah. Then there's the S10e, which is a cheaper version really? than the S10, but it's um, got certain you know features cut. So like the camera, uh, I think it has two instead of the three that the S10 and the S10 Plus have. It has slightly thicker bezels. Uh, you know the 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 comparison mm, is mm. Uh, what the iPhone uh, 10R was to the iPhone 10S mm -hmm. is what the uh, S10e is to the S10. So it's a cheaper version in quotes because it still costs $750. If you want like a decent cheap phone, you get something like a OnePlus. But that's been mm -hmm. that's been OnePlus's marketing strategy since day one. But yeah. even now, like if you look at the OnePlus, what one OnePlus what now six? Uh, right now I think yeah OnePlus six. I think I think they're they're all good phones, like all really good phones. Yeah. It it just comes down to how much you're willing to spend, spend based on how much you're willing to cut from. Uh, your, your Speaking phone. of cutting, are we talking about that punch hole camera now? Uh. Oh no, I um I think I mentioned this earlier. Yeah. The me, I just, I just, I just call them hoes in the screen. <laughs> like we, we can give them fancy the names. The term is punch hole camera. Okay. <laughs> the, the, they're actually calling it the Infinity O display. Oh wow. That's too long. Yeah. Right. I mean, no one's gonna call it that. No one. <laughs> anyway, I was about to say, um, I was very skeptical about it. Lars and I had long conversations around it before they released them. Even when we looked at the the, the leaks and stuff like that, where I'm still skeptical. Mm -hmm. I still have issues with having like little dots on my screen or whatever like I st i'm still very skeptical about it with a notch you could like hide you know mm. the whole notch thing by you know like evening it out but now it's just like it's there mm. i have to look at it it's there well so i i think I, I i i mentioned this i think aesthetically it's better than the notch true just because it gives more screen real estate and as for the hiding thing I guess it's harder to hide, but I don't know if you saw this like uh, picture that was going around of uh, Wally in the corner of the S10 Plus with the two cameras. <laughs> I can actually and see that. That's yeah, fun. like it was it was really cool. So like, of course, if like, that's your wallpaper, that's like a super cool. Wallpaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think it's 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 better than than a notch. And these are all workarounds because like the technology isn't there to like get the phones behind the screen. Sure. But then I argued uh, again about the the functionality when you're like trying to pull your notification center down, and like your right finger has to like your th right thumb rather has to like swipe across the camera and it's like, oops, boom, can't pull the notification center down. Yeah, <laughs> you that, know that's know? a fair point because yeah. like when you're pulling your notification center, if you're right-handed, you're pulling it from the right corner. Exactly. So, so it's like you really have to like stretch your thumb a bit yeah. to like go over the camera and pull it down. Makes and it a bit tedious if it's because yeah. it's a huge display anyway. But um, there's uh, the one what is One UI that okay. Samsung. So it's it's like a skin on top of Android, like Samsung always does. But apparently, its focus is getting you things, uh, getting things in reach. Oh, okay. So it kind of drops all <coughs> the the things that you need from the UI lower down like reachability on iPhone yeah like reachability but it's like that f uh, by default so oh, okay. if you look at something like a calendar like there's going to be like a huge like date on the top and then most of the things you can interact with are like pushed down to the bottom and does that scale on display sizes or I, I, I think it scales uh, based on the S10 that you're using because it's uh, an S10 skin 
Oh, okay. Yeah. When are they getting rid of Bixby though? Oh, but before we uh, <laughs> before we move to Bixby, um, I just looked it up, and it turns out you could actually do the same thing you do with a notch with the punch hole camera, like add a big ass bezel right at the top to kind of hide the two punch hole cameras and stuff like that. Looks pretty ugly, uh, and I wouldn't want to do that. I'd rather stick with the punch hole cameras, but um, yeah. I guess it, it works Ooh, that's if you. A big notch. It, it it works. That is if, that is guys. That that's is like that's that's a very big notch. I know. We'll add a link to this article that shows that looks you like, a bezel. like <laughs> yeah. top bezel. Well, it is a top bezel anyway. It is a top bezel. Anyway. Yeah. It makes the phone look weird because then the bezel is just at the top and it's big. Yeah, yeah. because the puncho camera is not exactly at the very top. Yeah. There's like a little There's space like a little right space there. So to hide all this, you get rid of a lot of screen real estate. Well, I want. Yeah, right. I know, right? Come over. Come <laughs> to the dark side. Just looked at his phone. Come to the dark side. <laughs> anyway, I was, I was going to say, uh, I've never been the biggest fan of Bixby because of how advanced Google Assistant is. Like, I just don't see the point anymore. Neither do yeah. I. But the thing is, Samsung are not going to remove it because the average user uses the defaults of the phone, whatever the defaults of the phone are. Mm. I think we've talked about this before, right? True. Like when when we buy phones, we want to customize it. We want to like get like all the features out of it. Yeah, it needs to have your personality exactly. and your character. You know, it, it, like you, you go through. Like my series is South African female. I'm just saying. Huh? <laughs> we talked about personalities <laughs> just now and character. So like. I was no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing. Uh, the the topic today is what it is. Uh, uh please, uh, just. Keep that at the back of your mind. <laughs> I mean, it was limited options. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like uh, for the for the average user, they buy an iPhone, they buy a Samsung, and they get it. They make sure their contacts are in. Yep. They download their WhatsApp. Yeah. They download their Facebook and stuff like that. And then mm. they just use it like a regular phone. So the average user is going to be using Bixby because Bixby is the default. Yeah. By the way, you can't. You can't customize the button as much as you'd like, but you can do things like, I think uh, the Bixby uh, button is customizable to the extent where it lets you uh, either like double tap to like pull up another app or triple tap to do something like that. But the- Wait, Bixby has a dedicated button? Yeah. Yo, I did not know that. It's It's been there for a couple, a year or two, right? Yeah, I think about, I think two years, if, if, if not one, but- we can all agree Bixby is just bad. Like, of the But what's the voice request to activate Bixby? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, like, this is something I just found out, like, literally 20 minutes ago. And it's very interesting. I know it's not really tech and all that stuff, but I feel like people should know this. You want to guess what it is? Space. I have a NASA jacket. anyway so scientists uh found evidence of a huge underground water system on mars like do you know how huge that is that's huge huge. for a huge water system that's pretty huge i mean water is the like prerequisite for life right definitely so that means uh, we're like one step closer to being martians yeah theoretically it it means that it would be easier for us to like live on mars yeah it'll still be ridiculously difficult like I, i i i've gone deep into like <laughs> like how how, how what living on mars would be like mars would, yeah mm. it's like colonizing mars on 
on on that level first of all would be extremely expensive exactly for whoever's doing it and not everybody's gonna go just um heads up we're we're, we're definitely not going like i think we can can. some optimism elias (laughs) listen (laughs) there's optimism and then there's living in fantasy land how much did it cost to like uh go into space i think that was two years ago was that like 20 million dollars Something like that. Yeah. That's just going One way ticket, right? It was one way, if I remember right. That's just getting there, right? No, I think, uh, if I remember, because there was another one that like, uh, was like going to the moon. Uh, so NASA had a, like a program for that, right? Yeah, so it's kind of like they're trying to make it... Like a publicity tourist, program. Yeah, yeah, like this tourist thing, but only like billionaires are going to be able to exactly. like go, go on these things. And... I guess it's let's like be a, optimistic like and say, yeah, we're going to be billionaires, but, uh, but no. <laughs> anyway, I found something. So basically, uh, Houston-based Axiom Space has set a $55 million price point for trips that could start as early as 2020. These are just 10-day stays in like Earth orbit. Low, uh, low, uh, low Earth what orbit, yeah. So to the uh, International Space, space Station. station. Back. Uh, yeah, so that is the International Space Station. Think about going to the moon, which is hundreds of, like, I think hundreds of thousands of times further. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to Mars. And checking out actually, the huge water like, system. Yeah, like <laughs> Drinking from the water system. <laughs> we'll take it a, yeah. Let's take it a step further. Like Best this, thing in the water system. Just getting to Mars in and of itself. You know what, at last you've made your point. <laughs> You've, ma- you've made your point like I- i've heard you and we're going to move on because of exactly this so back to tech news so youtube just banned uh comments uh on uh videos featuring minors because of safety fears and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think this is a good move i guess to kind of protect um minors, minors and stuff like that. it's an open space really like i know there's all these restrictions i know facebook you can't open an account if you're Younger than what age? Is it 16? Uh, 13. 13, maybe. right? Yeah. And people could still lie anyway, but at least there's those steps that are taken to kind of protect people on the internet and stuff like that. Kind of like what we spoke about in the previous episode. So this is something that we're going to watch. They started with a small group. They're going to go bigger with time. Mm-hmm. And they say they will work closely with, um, with the content creators, especially where minors are the ones creating the content and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this, this will be interesting. And I guess this kind of feeds into like uh, how these platforms are like uh, trying, to, trying to evolve. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of platforms evolving, Twitter Twitter is not evolving in the direction we want it to. <laughs> They're not giving us an edit button. Jack, 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 edit button, please. So the building that if you out think this about feature. it though, you know, I actually had a, like a blast, like like a blast thought right now as you were talking about that. Yeah. If you think about what a tweet really is, it's like letting a bird go free. You can't really catch the bird again when you let it go. This like can't edit the tweet. You know what we call that these days? <laughs> Fake deep. <laughs> if you think about it, man, think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually I, I, looking for like a notification sound on iPhone, like when you tweet and it goes. That would really, that would be dope, though. No, but I get, I get what you're saying. Tweet, like sound. Does it sound like a bird? Yeah, like. It's not chirp. It's not chirp noises, really. It's like a chirp, bro. I don't yeah. know, man. Like, <laughs> it needs to sound like a bird being yeah. set free, man. I was just about to say, like, um, I think that's the whole premise. They've uh, based the whole reluctance to 
give people the ability to edit tweet you speak your mind and that's it yeah it it's out there for everybody to see but that's you like you just you, all you need to do is have like audits of like what they like facebook does like exactly facebook does. like you can take a look at what they changed like yeah. if they changed the entire tweet you can look at that like yeah. you have like a history of edits Okay, it's not, it's not, it's not hard, man. <laughs> Don't get emotional. Uh, I was just about to tell you what new feature they're, they're actually testing out. So basically, they, they, they'll possibly allow users to um, hide replies on like tweets and stuff like that. So you can still see hidden comments, for example. It's not like they're completely hidden from the world or whatever. So Isn't this like bringing DM to the front end? This is just unnecessary. I was going to say that. It's like yeah. hide replies. We'll tell it as it is. Yeah. Like honestly, honestly, I I don't I don't get why they don't just like even when they increased the the the, the number the of characters. characters <laughs> yeah, I know people liked that. I honestly didn't care about that because at the end of the day, you can thread tweets together. Right. The point of Twitter was to have like to have concise like, yeah. thoughts and like you have like 140 characters. Characters. That yeah. that was there. really like their their hallmark. Yeah. Now like it's basically okay. It's a shorter Facebook post. I'm just really. waiting for them to introduce that read more. You know what? That's it uh, for, for news from my end. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, heads up, Mobile World Congress. Yes, mobile yeah, it was this past week, so you might want to look at that. We won't manage to talk about everything, but we'll put a link in the description. Um, what else is there this week? Hashcode. Oh yeah. yeah, we have Google Hashcode as well, and uh, we'll put a link to that as well in First the description. Google Hashcode was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Next round is in March, right? In London. Uh, yeah, the the final. Yeah, the final. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah so. Uh, I didn't know that was actually the first time Google was ha- like holding it globally. I thought it was. I thought it had been going globally. Yeah, me too, actually. Wait, it wasn't global all this time. That was the no. It was like they actually said that in the in the live stream. Yeah, Clearly, I wasn't paying attention, huh? Yeah. Because yeah, we're just we, waiting for the problem. <laughs> Reveal the problem. Yeah, but we 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 kind of uh, participated. Uh, if you if you follow me on uh, Twitter, which I know is hard, because or me, Omokoma. Yeah, uh, you'd see like us posting about that stuff or uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. Talk yeah. about the yeah. Anyway, for anything else Google related, like in Lusaka, just make sure to search for GDG Lusaka. That's on Twitter or GDG Lusaka on Facebook, and you should be able to see all Google related events uh, among or in the community, basically. Okay, let's get started. Let's do this. Okay, uh, so today um, we have an interesting topic, and um, I warn you. At first listen, it doesn't sound really relevant, but give us time. Like just 20 minutes of your time and we'll let you know how relevant it is. So basically today we're talking about uh, cultural diversity and um, we'll call it pay, but it's more or less the different ways in which you can um, earn a living in terms of being a developer, an engineer or uh, a writer in the, in the software space and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much episode 10 for you guys today. Building up on what you just said, uh, the last 10 episodes, we've had guests as well on the show. Yeah. And we're four of us that host the show. Um, We're kind of different. I think we're all different. 
and this kind of builds into what the topic is today actually like we 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 had an episode about gaming where we talked about our experiences and where we've come from and what's led us to getting to this point and i think it was highlighted there for a bit we come from different cultures and we raise differently like how we sit in a room like every two weeks and we talk about tech and it's something that brings us together like that's that that kind of forms part of what cultural diversity is it's like different cultures you know just like trying to work together uh all of us have day jobs right we we go to work you think about the number of people that you encounter like in in the western world i know there's like a big deal on race race um what else is there race and gender. Race and gender. Though race gender is gender. kind of universal. Yeah, yeah. gender is kind of I universal. Think, uh, religion isn't as big as, big yeah, as it is here. So, like, when you think about that, like in the West, Uber had the biggest problems with uh, cultural diversity for a long time. Like, that company culture was terrible at some point. And it wasn't until that's, uh, I forget his name. He's like got a really long name. This, I think he's still the CEO right now. And he, he, he came to build that culture, like, kind of fix that bit about the company. And when you come back locally, and like look into like the different spheres, like the different organizations we, we go to on a daily basis. You start to see, when you open up a little bit, you start to see that we face similar problems, but they are like tied towards religion, for example. Like I'll give an example, like my office right now, like um, there's, a, there's a real uh, big gap in terms of age, for example. There are not that many millennials in the office. Mm. So not as many millennials uh, means the space isn't really as free as you'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. Like there's a certain level of like, um, you have to carry yourself a particular way because mm. we have culture like that tells you you need to respect your elders, you need to behave yeah. a particular way. Yeah. You re- Sometimes you can't be yourself. So these are some of the things that we're kind of going to talk about today, I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So maybe, like I've already given a perspective of what where, where I am, like what kind of space I'm in. Um, I, I think, like, uh, for me, um, there's uh, diversity uh, from uh, all aspects except... Okay, some background. So, uh, I, I'm part of a, a, a dev team, and the dev team is all guys. So, I guess the, 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 the lack of diversity in gender is something that I think is mirrored mm-hmm. across uh, the country. Yeah. Especially uh, in uh, the, the sphere that uh, we, we all work in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the last episode, uh, I, was, I, was, I was talking to Ngoza and I was, I, was, I was talking about like bullying and stuff and how because I'm a heterosexual male who works in a male-dominated field, uh, experiences are different and uh, clearly there's uh there needs to be a little more diversity in terms of uh, gender when it comes to the tech scene i think we can all agree that mm-hmm. the question is uh where do you draw the line uh between uh having diversity in uh the community the tech community that kind of thing and diversity for the sake of diversity so for example uh, and i think this is a big issue in the u.s uh but you you have uh someone being hired uh give an example like uh, you have someone being hired because they're black in the usa mm-hmm. not because of their skill right i think that's like that that's kind of like uh I don't know, might be the reverse though 
well, your example, so, but you know, <laughs> this is, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking a side. Just to be clear, I'm not yeah. uh, like saying one thing is right and one thing is wrong. But I mean, but the trend has been the both. trend. Though. Yeah, like mm-hmm. obviously, like uh, when you're a black person in the USA, you get discriminated across the board. Yeah, like I don't think anyone can argue that. Mm. But now there's an argument, especially in Silicon Valley, um, and uh, I, I, I follow the gaming scene a lot. Uh, so it it kind of gets really political, where people are now saying uh, we don't want to like take it to the nth term, uh, the or the nth degree when it comes to hiring for the sake of diversity. You don't want to be hiring people that lack the skill just because you want to promote diversity in your company. But then that's been the problem. Like uh, when you look at some companies across the U.S., for example, and generally this problem is in the U.S. Like um, I read an article about this lady, right? She is half black and she's also got Asian descent and she's a woman. So like she felt she ticked all the boxes Mm. to get hired, but she didn't like that because she felt like she wasn't being hired because she could do the job. But mostly because she just ticked all the boxes that make the company look good and stuff like that. Yeah, like, so the question is, where do you draw that line? Because mm. clearly when, and and like, even when you're talking about skill, right? It starts from an early age. Yeah. Like in the USA, when you're a black, uh, when you're a black uh, American, you, you find difficulties getting college scholarships, let alone getting jobs. So it starts from a really early stage. So like, where do you draw the line uh, of, okay, we need to be as diverse as possible, but we also need to hire the people that are qualified. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't answer that question, to be honest, because um, I'm also kind of like on the fence, I guess, mm. because it's really hard to kind of tell where the line is supposed to be. I'll give you an example. Um, Google, right, is the company that's hailed as the the leading um, big diverse. tech company that's r- doing this cultural diversity thing. And they have all these programs that are targeted uh, at um, certain ethnic groups mm-hmm. to kind of get them on par with everybody else. And they have, like, classes and they have, like, these, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this memo that was re- that was trending. I think that was a few weeks ago. Like, anyway, I don't remember when, but there was this memo that was trending. So this, 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 this guy on the engineering team, right, uh, wrote a memo to all, I don't know if it's all staff, but in one of the, the internal, like, um, message boards. And was talking about the same thing. Like, uh, he was basically trying to tell everybody else that, this thing we're doing isn't working. It's not going to work in the long term. It looks good on paper, but it's going to hurt the company, for example, in terms of like the bottom line or whatever. Mm. And he called it the ideological echo chamber. And I'll put a link to like this long 10 page like memo uh, in the description. But basically he was talking about not hiring for the sake of hiring and talking about how building programs specifically for people that seem um like they're disadvantaged yeah. wasn't going to help make create a balance it was actually going to make things worse because then it's discriminating the people that are privileged and he seemed to understand that there is some level of like discrimination that happens mm. but disagrees with the method of dealing with i was going to touch on that just as you were saying that i think it's the method really because who's who's to say that the talent pool really doesn't actually lie in you know 
the quote-unquote less privileged or the quote-unquote uh, people standing on the other side of the um, you know culturally diverse line that we're trying to draw. You know what I'm saying? Because if you have as a company, for example, different recruitment methods or different programs that are aimed at getting people that are in a specific you know ethnic group, and you end up to have an actually really great pool of talent, and you know they happen to give the company a good look but also get like your company great whatever ratings or great sales or you know uh to a position that you never actually thought the company could get to then it's it becomes a different side of the argument you know what i mean you can really actually say that on paper it looks great and in reality it actually works mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's obviously it's 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 not only a difficult problem to solve but also a bit of a touchy topic because like i mentioned before in zambia uh we have uh few females that even go into the field of uh yeah. fields of technology. that was big at women in tech yeah. event by the way well i wasn't there <laughs> i was there so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but like the whole the 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 whole problem uh starts from early ages mm-hmm. in zambia the biggest issue is from an early age uh women are taught to be wives mm-hmm. as opposed to men who are taught you have to go to school you have to be a doctor an engineer an engineer uh, the, the an lawyer an accountant or the disgrace to the family <laughs> <laughs> right. but uh you 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 kind of see it from uh like an early stage and i feel like of course i'm no expert uh, i i i wouldn't even know where to begin like fixing the problem but i feel like that's where you go mm-hmm. because like for example to my point like uh like i said the dev team at, uh, at where i work is just males but it is because not many females are in the field mm-hmm. right uh the same is true for other fields like um i think famously at uh, yunza they're trying to like strike this balance where in the school of engineering um actually in I think in the school of NS like entry is like less for girls than for boys because you're trying to kind of make it a level playing field but you realize that it's lopsided to start with so mm. you try and like, balance it all but double double like affirmative back. action or something yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so the, the like I feel like it should start early again I have no idea how to like solve that. yeah like this is this is a problem that people a lot smarter than me are trying to solve and Yeah, but doubling I mean I think it is a mindset issue because if you teach the girl from the onset that her place is not in the classroom not only does that put her in a certain mind state but also getting into the classroom she already has this self defeat and you know what I'm saying yeah. idea that she can't really thrive or excel and things like that and I mean I think that owes to the fact that some some percentage of the female populace of students or pupils are failing because of that you know what i'm saying or are not making the grade as well as the the male domin- the male dominance are because of that you know? yeah and uh you know just what you just mentioned is something that Cynthia um really hammered on like when preparing for the defcon we had an interview with like one of the radio stations and she mentioned exactly la- exactly that um she was fortunate enough to have like a really strong mindset and i really wish she was here like she she, she tells it best she tells it really she well. really tells it she really tells Extremely. it well and if anyone has heard Cynthia speak like at any event 
like it's, you it's just amazing. want to hear her speak yeah. at another event it, it, it's, it's amazing and uh, they're doing quite a lot of work uh, around getting more uh, women to get into the tech space and it's really encouraging when uh, other other because you know when you stand from the outside looking at it all mm. like you see the feedback they get from other other women and young girls who are interested in getting into tech yeah. like it's really encouraging I think the only thing we might need one of the things that we might need to work on is the issue of bullying for example like there's a there's there's a lot that goes into um uh organizing events and people actually getting to these events we don't we shouldn't scare them away by not being not providing a safe space mm-hmm. for them to feel like they belong i think bullying and prejudice because yeah. um i mean from my work environment just to share my perspective as well um i'm in a team i'm in an it team of about seven and we're like five guys and two females so if you have i mean i i remember she doesn't know this but i had this i had this well, she does now <laughs> she doesn't now <laughs> i i low-key had this pressure but I, I mean but also it becomes a problem because of where we come from and what we've been taught over time you know what i mean i had this prejudice about women in tech and how um to some extent when it comes to like writing great code, it's like, okay, yeah, you can probably code, but is it as functional or is it <laughs> right? <laughs> syntactically correct? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then she like writes this amazing SQL query and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's <laughs> exactly, it's like sensei, I am at your mercy. <laughs> and it just becomes this thing where you realize, hey, there's, 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 there's a bigger platform that we need to be discussing this on, you know, not just for women but also for the men because this came up at the women in tech conference where they were talking about how um the 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 women need more of the men's help than the men actually think you know because that's one of the ways that they're going to be more recognized you know what i mean rather than oh we're women and we're here to you know what i'm saying it's Mm. like we're men and we encourage the women to be here too you know someone actually someone actually put it in perspective for me once uh she she basically said um if you had a daughter, how would you? And I, I feel like this is a common thing that uh, people hear. But like, if you had a daughter, how would you want her to be treated? How would you want, if if she was a part of this community, how would you want her to be like uh, exposed to these things and that kind of thing? So mm. like, it kind of it, it it kind of puts it kind of put me in that mindset of, uh, okay, so the goal is to make a more accepting community a more uh, all-encompassing community so that if someone is growing up and they're interested in tech regardless of their 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 gender their religion whatever mm-hmm. they feel comfortable enough to say okay i'm gonna pursue this yeah and uh i'll i'll, I'll shed more light on something um one of the and he mentioned it just now like the the reason we need this to happen um one of the reasons that cultural diversity is such a big deal, like in places like the U.S. and Europe, is because of how tech has an impact on people's lives. Exactly. Like there are many, there are many tools and platforms that are built to make life convenient, but then if the wrong, the wrong perspective is used to build these platforms, it means they're not all inclusive, exactly. and this kind of stretches into like our own ecosystem. Like if we're building platforms here to solve problems. I can give example, maybe maternal health or like poverty and that sort of thing. And we're not taking into account the different cultures, the different like perspectives, perspectives of everybody involved in the landscape. Then we're building platforms that aren't all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Then what's the point of technology? Right. 
yeah so like that's 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 really something that that really strikes home and you should get to that point where if you're going to work for a company right like regardless of what gender like um ethnic grouping like you should be able to say uh i vibe with you because i vibe with you you know like mm-hmm. i love working here like it shouldn't be a burden going to work or whatever you know especially like in cases where you have maybe two out of seven people on a team that are only female mm-hmm. uh it might it might get to the point where they they might not even be comfortable working in that space yeah for all you know yeah. you know stuff like that so hey but you know what um looking at the flip side you don't have to work in an office man you can work from home like 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 the like I, I, the, one of the things i like about the internet is how easy it's become before it was just facebook right mm-hmm. like we look at it from just there and you can talk to someone well across the world and whatnot and i realize sometimes we we, we put ourselves in a box and think about tech in that way as well like we don't really realize how much how much opportunity tech has given us like a few years ago like five six seven eight years ago right i never even thought about remote work for example like yeah. in my in my field of expertise i could work from home for for a company in the u.s and probably get way more than a lot of people are getting that are working exactly. full-time jobs and stuff like that so there's opportunities yeah like it's um it's kind of uh like perfect example right um most of the calls uh that uh i have these days are uh on whatsapp and you know whatever you think about whatsapp uh you're able to make a call uh across the world without having to buy like uh what what do they call them like international calling bundle mm, yeah whatever yeah so something as simple as that means as long as I have access to the internet, like you've just said, I can communicate with anyone around the world. Mm-hmm. And now there are platforms that are actually built from the ground up to help facilitate that remote work, right? Yeah. You have, um, uh, I'm going to talk about Atom now, Kuma. So <laughs> I really, I have nothing against Atom. I, I like Atom. Yeah, so <laughs> Atom has this thing called, um, is it telemetry? Yeah, telemetry. Yeah it lets you code with someone in real time so me and you are typing on uh, our uh, like like a shared ide or something yeah like a shared ide sort of like cloud nine if you've used cloud nine yeah yeah like cloud nine so uh, there's this uh there's this uh, method of uh working called pair programming where mm-hmm. one person is coding and the other person is looking over your shoulder so that was like kind of restricted to being in the same place right yeah but now you use something like telemetry and then maybe you're on a call and you're kind of having this back and forth in real time mm-hmm. and increases productivity it increases productivity and now like um distance isn't an issue mm-hmm. that's not to say um and i feel like i i, I should kind of bring up this point that's not to say that uh, remote work is perfect of course uh there's a very big uh there's a large amount of accountability that rests on your shoulders and and doubling back to to a few episodes it it also sort of kills the the ecosystem you know the developer ecosystem because of how in a way i mean it's great but if you work alone like all the time you like kill your learning curve in a way because 
mostly i think i mean in my experience a lot of what i've learned in the developer circles is from other developers yeah you know what i'm saying and it's just not really the same yeah if you're using something like telemetry mm. or cloud nine you know what i'm saying mm. i mean yeah you're looking at someone else's code and you're probably like on a call but like if you're in the same room together and you're like doing like whiteboard coding or something it yeah. makes it a whole lot more interesting and more just, enjoyable yeah, as well gives you yeah it gives you a whole lot of more of a perspective no, that, as that, to that, how yeah. you can deal with problems um, I've never had a remote job, for example, but I've, I've, I have friends that do remote work all the time and still manage to have a day job still. So I guess it also gives you that kind of flexibility to earn an extra income. Yeah. Uh, and going back to like uh, combining what you just talked about in terms of having someone there or whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes even in like a full-time setup, like if you're on a dev team, for example, you you don't always get that flexibility of having another person that's like you can learn from like i was in um i was i was in a in a in a team like a dev team where i was the only person there so like you, you were the dev, dev team of one yeah <laughs> basically the dev te- dev team of one yeah basically so um i didn't have that that kind of feel of having someone there to kind of like you know piggyback off i had that for like three weeks and i think i mentioned this in previous episodes i had that for like three weeks when i last joined me but he ditched me <laughs> let's let's not <laughs> yeah so so yeah there's all that stuff as well and actually like like a full-time job is not a bad thing if being a full-time dev guy isn't a bad thing at all i just feel like it's about same thing i vibe with you I vibe with you, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. if I enjoy it, I enjoy it. Like if I'm doing my I'm 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 doing like work in my framework or my language and I'm enjoying it, then I'll definitely have fun with it. I, but on the I, flip side of things, I mean I think we can't take it for granted that everyone that's doing remote work is doing it because they they want to do it. It could also be because they were pushed out of a dev team space because of things around cultural diversity or even things around just being comfortable you know what i mean yeah. in that yeah. dev team you know or just opportunities oh yeah or even just opportunities or even line of work yeah. uh, you know it could be like your projects that you get handed all the time are let's say like what based on a c-sharp code base and you're just like yo i just want to code a job you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, it's like I can't code in Java because I'm always coding in C Sharp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you get the opportunity to do that with remote work, it becomes sort of your thing because you then get to diversify yeah. in your workspace. Uh, yeah, but uh, coming back to like the local uh, scene, like remote jobs uh, in Zambia, a lot of the time when you're applying for a remote job, you're applying for a job that is outside of the country. Yeah. And yeah. um, the the biggest benefit to 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 that is speaking from our point of view. Like software engineers get paid a lot more outside yeah. of Zambia than they do in Zambia. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the times the nice segue by the way into okay. pay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't plan it. <laughs> happened. Uh, so a lot of the times, the kind of inciting factor is you see uh, an ad for a job online, and it's like, well, that's five times what I get paid, <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that, that kind of uh, like drives people to these remote jobs because I, I don't know if there are a lot of remote jobs in Zambia. No, I've actually never. I think I've heard of someone doing. I mean, I know some guys that that ha- that have them i just don't know how they got them 
You know what I mean? Like remote jobs from companies outside the country? No, from Zambian companies and oh, really? Zambian developers. Yeah. Oh. But okay. I just don't I know how they actually heard of those. I actually, I wonder how they actually ended up in those those it, spaces. It might have been a situation where they 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 got a job and then they agreed terms. Yeah, pr- that that must yeah, probably. Yeah, because be sometimes it. like the job isn't a remote job it just lets you work remotely yeah 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 and kind of going back to the to the pay thing i remember it was like a hot topic when i was in my uh, my final year of university mm-hmm. like we wanted to know what the entry level pay was going to be like yeah, yeah. and i remember um expecting so much right and um uh, we had this guy come through like he was already in the industry like he was already doing a lot of work I remember that. yeah a lot of work in the ngo space and this dude literally said for an entry level job right as a software engineer you expect to get around maybe 4000 5000 kwacha to like 7000 8000 kwacha and that's around maybe 350 dollars to yeah. around 500 dollars you know like yeah. ar- around that much and that's on a monthly basis that's not a yearly like yeah. remuneration and stuff like that so he was kind of like a it felt like a stab. Yeah, the, like, the expectation at was, that point was, was so much yeah, more different. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Wow, the algorithms are hard. But I can't oh. wait to start getting paid. <laughs> right? <laughs> but then I guess the complex, I mean, what gets us into that space as software engineers and just IT specialists, tech people, is because of how, I mean, the culture of IT is just, it's based on the international scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's where we live. You know what I mean? We live online, basically. And we look at figures online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you're right, Ace. <laughs> Did you see the meme? I posted this meme. <laughs> there, was, there was that meme I posted. There's that Mr. Bean scene where he's like copying another dude's work <laughs> and then he's like the developer yeah. and the other dude's tech overflow. And it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because of that, we have these high expectations and it's hard. I mean, but then it's it's a good thing in a way because then with your um, expectation and what you actually get, yeah. you find yourself pushing yourself to be better to actually get what you expected to get. Yeah. And obviously trying to work for, you know, the big four or the big five in Silicon Valley and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think our industry is still, <laughs> is still pretty young uh, because yeah, even when you... Especially in yeah. yeah and even when you look at like um if you, i think i spoke about this in maybe episode seven or eight uh we talked about uh some of the highest paying countries in africa mm-hmm. i think uh zambia ranks in the top three if not the yeah. first as the top destination if you want to get good pay and when you as a software uh, no i'm getting to that point so like on that list when you actually look at the jobs none of them are actually software engineering related until you get maybe to like maybe number eight or nine and then you compare that to South Africa where like software is somewhere at the top mm-hmm. and when you look at the top grossings like a civil engineer or whatever so like looking at the landscape right now um uh, i'd i'd say pay may not be the highest motivating factor like especially locally mm-hmm. you might look to remote jobs to get more money or more income if that's what you're looking for but and I mean, that's, that's the upper hand of our yeah. profession though mm-hmm. being able to work remote yeah and i was just i was just about to finish off by saying um eventually we will get to that point where um the income will be here and not not remote per yeah. se 
like remote will kind of be like just an addition to something great you already have now mm. which which is pretty interesting i mean some of the big companies are uh, are joining africa now i mean facebook is in south africa now google is in south africa amazon is in south africa now so mm. like they're kind of entering the space look at andela andela just got like what is that 400 million dollars or something like got a lot lots of money to invest into the company and like grow their their portfolio basically mm. and we see that as an opportunity for people to get access to more remote jobs for example and rumor has it andela is coming to zambia as well so oh, that's okay. another opportunity for people to kind of get trained as developers and to have access to these companies like uh in the west and in europe that are actually paying yeah. like good money and there's actually a bunch of other websites like i got an invite to a website called remote.io where you can put up your profile and stuff and you can like it's like an online cv basically for remote work like so upwork or something yeah, yeah like upwork or something and there's actually lots of those uh websites and stuff so maybe we should put a link to like the yeah, an article the that popular, summarizes yeah. all of them so people can can actually see uh one of like you keep talking about uh an advantage of being in it or software or whatever um you don't need to work a full-time job you really don't yeah, yeah. like especially if you've got if you've got the tools and the like you know your stuff mm-hmm. and believe me you even right now someone could know that stuff but they just don't know that yeah, yeah they don't know they don't know that they know their stuff yeah they don't know, <laughs> that they know their stuff and you, i like what really like drove me to looking at what areas i should really practice is actually looking at the like the the requirements of these like remote jobs mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. development like you see them and you're like oh i know that I know that I have no idea what that is but because you have no idea it drives you to kind of like, like yeah. learn and figure it out and eventually by like the, the, before you know it you kind of meet most of the requirements and come on fake it till you make it man yeah, like <laughs> and the, I mean the beauty of a remote job in line with that is that you I mean because you're alone you have so many cheat sheets to look at and so many things hey like. Skype has like a <laughs> feature now so like if you don't know how to code it will show <laughs> but i'm just saying like not knowing how to code is something else entirely like if yeah. you if you if, if, if you're you getting a remote developer job you should and you know don't how know to how code. to code that's a problem that's a problem that's already a, that's a problem but if you can land a remote job and like i don't know like at least be able to like write 85% of the code required then you can probably land any yeah. actual job and besides all the other stuff is stuff you learn on the job like yeah. there's a lot of things that i didn't know that i just learned on the job yeah yeah true true, true. so yeah. yeah but coming i was going to say something actually coming back to that you saying you you really haven't had a remote job experience <laughs> you being able to say that that you learned on the job is because you were i mean not because you wanted to maybe but you were in an office job right mm-hmm. or you know work with people so it it's sort of like there's this curve i guess where it's like um on your y axis you uh, the y the x right y axis you have like wow uh, <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing things with his hands <laughs> <laughs> i was just trying to imagine that trip. let's not talk about hash maps Elias. let's <laughs> go to hash maps oh okay, okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying. But like on your Y axis for example, you have the ability to actually learn something and mm-hmm. on your X you probably have like the type of job that you actually are in. You know what I'm saying? And zero being like office setting to remote job going as you increase across the X axis. And if you think about it the curve is sort of like upward. So it's like what you would learn more would probably be uh starting in an office job, you know what I'm saying, and then scaling over to a remote job where you have probably gained a 99% or at least 95% of the skill and all you have to do is like learn, 
you know, the extra yeah. stuff. Yeah, like the bits that kind of uh, put everything together. Exactly. So would we describe remote work as just a freelance, a freelance job that's on the internet? Um, no. Because uh, a freelance job entails you get like little, like basically little chunks of, I honestly think you'd be better at explaining <laughs> But like, <laughs> you're giving me this look like, <laughs> I'm just trying to see where you're going with this I'm like okay no because um, remote job is you have a full time job you just get to work wherever you want so you're not forced to work in an office wherein a freelance job is um, not necessarily you being um, how can I put this you being uh, like fully employed, you're just kind of doing it as okay. I see. No obligations, no contractual obligations, yeah, so man. Yeah. Think of it as no severance pay. <laughs> think of it as being like a third party to the company. You're not yeah. a company employee, but you're kind of they're contracting you to do work for them. Yeah. As opposed to a remote a, a, a remote job, which is a full time job, where you though one could argue that. Um, we call it a remote job not because of how you work but where yep. yeah. you work you know what I'm saying pretty much the yeah. difference I guess yeah, yeah. That, that is like that is the whole difference yeah that is the whole difference yeah, yeah. so you're still fully employed like everything like yeah. to the T it's only that you're not physically there yeah what would you prefer though maybe we start with Tony what would you, what would you prefer I don't know best of both worlds I think Cause no. oh money aside obviously because yeah <laughs> Because it's a full-time uh, remote, remote freelance. freelance, or even as a volunteer, man. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I am not coding for free. <laughs> just, just saying. No, I, I think, I think, um, I would like a remote job rather than a freelance job because, um, I would assume a remote job has the opportunity for you to actually gel with your team at some point which I think is important for um, creating balance in the workspace. I think at some point you need to actually be in a, t- in a room with your teammates solving a problem that you're probably gonna then solve to a certain point and say, okay, let's just go back into our little bubbles and solve and complete solving it from there or starting in reverse solving it elsewhere and coming to conclude in a workspace where you're together. I think that's important not only for you know, piggybacking off cultural diversity, but also um, for the, 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 the inner development of the developer. I, I feel like the more you rub, you know, or bounce ideas off of people, the, the, the better you have chances of actually forming better ideas around things. Yeah, yeah. yeah and your assumption was actually accurate, I guess, because there are some, like, jobs that, are, that have, like, a requirement that you travel at least once or twice a year Yeah. Uh, to, like gel with the team for example yeah. and yeah, stuff like that. sometimes the employer comes to you or you go to the employer yeah. and stuff so yeah after certain intervals you have to like have a like physical meeting yeah yeah because there's imposter syndrome as well and you can never know that until you actually probably meet with people yeah and you're like oh i'm not half bad actually <laughs> you know what i mean and there's also cases where people can't really tell you to your face or to your computer screen that your code is crap until they actually see you <laughs> and realize you're a small-sized guy and they're like, hey, your code is crap. I think I'd like the best of both worlds. I'd like to experience a remote job at some point. Uh, not to say I'll do it for the rest of my life, obviously. But um, 
I would like to experience everything. Like I think that's just my mantra: experience everything, leave nothing behind, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Uh, though right now, I think I really enjoy a remote job because of kind of like the flexibility it kind of affords you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to work all day, really. Like you need to meet your like like your milestones, your objectives, and stuff like that. Which, like you talked about, yeah, accountability. There's a lot of accountability. There's no one watching you. Mm-hmm. So really, you can slack all you want. Yeah. But yeah, if you're accountable and everything, you could do your work in the morning and maybe have time to do other stuff like community work for example mm-hmm. which is something that I, I really want at the moment the flexibility uh, to do community work as well yeah pretty mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. Uh, yeah I think I'd like I'm, I'm gonna cheat but yeah I'd, I'd agree uh, I, I, I want to be able to experience uh, everything so uh, remote um, I'm I'm full time right now but like I, at, at some point I'd like to experience uh, remote um, for me uh, I like the freedom as well uh, also I hate traffic <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm lucky my commute isn't as bad as yours my commute is so so bad like I spend two hours every morning like it's that's just sad it's just terrible but uh i i also and i i think i'm experiencing this at my current job i i i do enjoy being in an environment where i'm constantly learning that is that, that and you learn better with people yeah that is a big thing for me because like i i i'm learning things that i if 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 i i pictured my trajectory like a year ago i would i wouldn't have imagined that would be like uh where i am right now in terms of like my learning trajectory mm-hmm. I'm touching on things that you know you always say like oh i want to learn this i want to do this but then when you're actually in an environment where people actually know these things and can give you like pointers and stuff like, like i saw you writing kotlin and i was like yo bro yeah, you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's like yeah, i've so literally been like not pressing that tutorial for like the fear of it you know what i'm saying and that, was, that was that was the thing like when i was applying when i was applying for the the the, the job right like it's it's something that you keep telling yourself like oh, i'm gonna learn this i'm gonna learn this i'm gonna learn this but like especially when you're working like you kind of follow the stack that mm-hmm. uh is gonna get you the results that, that you need yeah. that you need yeah. you know, to, to to like kind of you know get that paycheck at the end of the month yeah so yeah like i'm like the learning aspect for me is really big but the freedom of remote is also something that's, that's quite tempting yeah considering the traffic in the sun <laughs> But then again, I mean, looking at <laughs> traffic in Lusaka, took me like a whole hour and a half to get here, yeah. man. It's like, but looking at the um, the actual title of today's topic, culture diversity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. If you think about it as well, um, what we pick in terms of a remote job, a freelance job, or an actual like job in an office could could also be based on what the workspace is within those three sort of subsections you know what i mean because you never really know you could be in an office and all you work on a day is really what you always wanted to work on your entire life as a dev you know what i'm saying or it could be the inverse um if you had a remote job then you would have the opportunity to actually work on what you really want to work on you know what i mean so it it, it's neither here nor there i guess at the end of the day still yeah and i think uh after this episode goes out um if you managed to get it this to get this far listening to the podcast, thank you very much. We appreciate. We'd want to know like what your experiences are uh, in yeah. whatever setting you're working in, whether you're a freelance uh, developer, whether you're a remote 
remote developer or you commute like Elias does to the office and stuff like that we want to know what your experience is so tweet us and uh, leave your comments under the episode link on Facebook or something or DM us or whatever uh, we want to share your experiences on the next episode and um, yeah pretty much learn from you guys as well <laughs> oh but remote work is the future by the way there's deep debates on universal basic pay dude yeah but okay I agree just, just, you agree just so with universal base if anybody is interested in knowing what universal basis basic pay is it basically means we get a basic salary for everybody regardless of whether you are employed or not so that oh. you could like the whole point is for you to be in the world and enjoy it live your best life no i'm saying uh, maybe, maybe, maybe live your basic life but <laughs> <laughs> no i'm saying uh, I, I i agree that uh, remote is the future i'm just saying like there there's some serious debates on uh, whether or not it and i think the biggest debate is the accountability thing right exactly like when you don't have a boss like uh, breathing yeah. down your neck the argument is you're not going to do your are you work. still going to meet company yeah are you still yeah. going to exactly so yeah, I, I I just wanted to point that out. I think there's also a lot around um if you do not have a boss, not only are you able to meet company deliverables, but is your code going to be as functional? Is mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You like, you don't yeah. have as regular checks, yeah. you know what I mean? And things like that. There's I think there's a whole lot we don't realize it, but th- just the the way a workplace environment works is a whole lot different. No, but Tony, that's debatable because what's the whole point of collaboration and online tools if someone can't check your code remotely? Like, with all these pipelines we've developed, right, uh, there's supposed to be systems uh, and processes in place that allow, like, some... You don't really have a boss, but you have someone that reviews your code. Yeah, no, I was going to get to that. Um, <laughs> the iteration process mm-hmm. may be a whole lot longer, you know, ah. with remote work. Okay. Because then, you know, you have to send your code and code review may take a while, you know what I mean? But yeah. then... It with your boss basically right <laughs> doing a fair programming with you <laughs> and i mean like oh you missed that <laughs> could you like write that recursively instead? Yeah. you know what i mean why are you pasting where did you get this code from <laughs> <laughs> right it's like <laughs> <laughs> anyway one other thing that's changing like to kind of like uh fix that as well is these little tiny tools that um do unit testing for you and that sort of thing yeah. while yeah. you're pushing your code to kind of reduce the load yeah, yeah. and stuff like uh, that part of the pipeline yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so that when you push your code uh, before it like uh, uh adds it to like uh, the production and whatnot it does all these tests to make sure it adheres to the standards and that kind of thing yeah yeah okay this has been like a lot of information guys like yeah like yeah. I, I i feel like i'm I'm leaving the studio a different man. (laughs) I'll be honest. Like, every episode we record, I kind of feel like I'm left with a new, like, chunk of information that I can, like, you know. From a listener perspective, I feel the same way, actually. Every episode I listen to, I'm just like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. But, like, when, 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 when I leave, I'm like... Huh, okay. Like this 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 discussion we had like kind of sheds new light. Yeah. Yep. Again, back to perspectives, right? Like yeah. when you get different perspectives, it kind of opens your eyes to certain things. True. Okay, it's been real, guys. I've enjoyed uh talking to you guys about today's awesome topic. And as per custom, um maybe we start with Tony. What is your ideal workplace? And 
Whatever, man. Just free ball it. <laughs> <laughs> Stay, say stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be um, with, uh, coming from... Th- and I actually meant to say this earlier when we talked about how, you know, um, the inclusion of women in tech is a big thing. I've actually, for my past three jobs, I have not had a male supervisor. And I feel like that actually makes me a better programmer. I, I have no idea why, but... I just feel myself. I, I feel myself getting to this point where I'm so meticulous about a lot of things, especially in code and just you know even out just tech in general. So, women inclusion and a lot of um, thoughts around cultural diversity would be great. You know what I mean? For the local scene as well, because I feel like um, because we are in workspaces where a lot of um, people are in this cultural space, we may not have as much cultural diversity on the local scene yeah. you know what i mean and that might 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 if we if we have that opportunity we may actually be at a better place who knows you know so yeah that would be my ideal workspace okay my ideal workspace is something very similar um anyway i'll sum mine up in something i keep saying i vibe with you i vibe with you man. <laughs> that, that that's pretty much it like i i need to be free like i need to be free to express myself I I need to be free, like to be in an environment where someone tells me I'm wrong, and I'd still be comfortable with it. I don't know, like I I guess maybe that's a lot of personal like development as well, mm. or, or always plays a role. But I I feel like there's a lot that we could do to kind of bring a balance and stuff like that. So I vibe with you, I vibe with you, man. <laughs> someone put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Telling you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think uh, similar like. If I if I with it, can I say yeah? Yeah, Yeah, like the more diversity, the better. Like uh, for me, like I'm always open to learning, and I'm learning that uh, you never stop learning. So the, the 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 more like people from culturally diverse backgrounds that I get to work with. The more mm-hmm. I can learn from those people, mm-hmm. and the more I can kind of expand my <coughs> my uh, horizon. Horizon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So on that note, uh, we bring the show to an end. Sadly, we could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Truly, we could. Like, there's no limits and bounds to yeah. how long we could talk about all this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been great like i said earlier pretty awesome yeah um if you want to listen to previous episodes of podcast uh we are on 10 platforms including spotify uh, apple podcast google podcast we're on stitcher one breaker we are on um radio, uh, radio republic as well so pick a platform of your choice and you will definitely find us there uh tweet us we're at podcast zm on twitter we're at podcast zambia on facebook podcast zm on instagram as well um yeah pretty much you can get in touch with us there any topic suggestions anything you want us to talk about feel free to reach us on any of those platforms like we're a pretty open bunch you can tweet us if you want to be on the podcast too that's that's allowed (laughs) so don't worry about that uh so um i'm sour underscore bones on twitter um one thing i never give out is my github handle that's k9 uma k9 uma and uh that's pretty much it saw bones on instagram so yeah if you want to reach me personally you can reach me on those yeah 
<laughs> why, why are you smiling? Why? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> listen, last week you also told me that I don't have to change my handle for anybody. Yeah, I, I heard that part. Yeah. So that it's, that's what bullying you were like. <laughs> we're not changing. I'm not changing. It's, it's So it's J-O. <laughs> it's J-O-R underscore E-L-I. 360 on Twitter and Instagram. My GitHub and GitLab are Elias504. That's a whole lot easier, man. Elias504. Dude, this is episode 10 and we're still talking about it. So, ish. No, no, this is like this. This is, I'm putting my foot down. 10 episodes in, bro. Yeah, I'm putting my foot down. I'm not changing my handle. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, man. Tony? Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm I'm shadow fingers everywhere I guess, um or shadow sco- shadow dash fingers, uh-huh. yeah, makes it easier. We right? found another one. <laughs> he doesn't. He, 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 you can't say it. <laughs> shadow fingers, man. I'm just going Elias, give it up, man. <laughs> You're the only one. I'm not the only one. So on that note, um, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Codecast. Out. Boom. You've been listening to Codecast Zambia, brought to you by Agora Code. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook. That's at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora.